Good morning. Friday, December the 4th, 2020, about 8.30 in the morning Pacific time, and we had a big one yesterday come out of Georgia. That video evidence stole the show. I mean, it was it was insane to watch. I actually saw it pretty much live. I rewound some of the testimony just to make sure I was going to see what I needed to see when word was coming out from friends of mine that uh, that there was video evidence of someone producing ballots from under a table. And so I, I turned this on, I'm watching it, and I'm just stunned. It, it's right out of a movie. I mean, the only thing I had to question was, don't these people, doesn't this woman know she's on video or could be videoed? Clearly she didn't care. And she's going to pay some kind of price. Well, let's walk through that. I mean, we had some, some good news out of the courts yesterday. Some questions I still have. I mean, we're getting down to it, right? We're a little over a week away from electors being sent to to Congress, right? Certifying or finalizing, really, per the Constitution, the presidency for Joe Biden. But in Georgia... You know, I think I think I've even mistakenly thrown around game changer. I, I try not to. Uh, this was tr- truly a game changer. It's not a winner. There's not going to be an automatic win, a bullseye that's going to turn things around 180 degrees. But this video of this woman and her, I mean, her partners in what's clearly looks to be a crime, they're dead to rights. It's got to be horrifying to be them, to be caught like this. And the story goes, I mean, yesterday they had hearings that in the beginning, if you turned on the morning session for these Georgia hearings, it was a pretty slow country affair. And the Secretary of State's office was given a tremendous opportunity to talk talk about how great their election was, how great the Georgia election was, how things improved. And you're sitting there thinking, what are we doing here? I didn't know if witnesses would be called, and they were, thank God. They came later, and witness after witness, just like Michigan, just like Arizona, just like Pennsylvania, laid out a story of massive fraud, of cheating, of irregularities, of rule-breaking, every one of them. There's some really good witnesses who laid out what they saw. They're experienced people. These are people with integrity. One older gentleman talked about how he cried that morning because he'd seen so many improprieties. He'd seen intentional uh, dishonesty and, and he was floored and he was helpless. I mean, he didn't know these hearings would happen. No one was listening to him. They, they file reports and every witness said they have not heard back. And these reports go to these election boards, which are essentially a wing of the Secretary of State's office. And this guy Raffenberger does not want to deal with this. It's clear he does not want to touch this. Well, they closed this out with this video evidence, and it had been, uh, you know, in Giuliani's team's hands for maybe a day, according to them, and it was really interesting because the young lady who presented it for Trump's legal team did an excellent job, and you know, for having short notice, we're talking about scanning. They had to actually look at about 14 hours of video, and I'll explain why. They started with the the real meat of what was on there, and that was ballots being pulled out of a covered table. Imagine like at a hotel conference room when they set up or, you know, a wedding, when they have tables, they put tablecloths over it. Well, these these long rectangular tables are the same way, right? They, they're they not just the wood, ugly tables that they use for all these different events. They throw a black tablecloth over them so you can't, you know, you can't see underneath, 
right? The, the tablecloth goes over both sides. It obscures view of what's under the table. And so what they started with, it was an excellent story. And this is all backed up by sworn testimony from people that were there, these Republican poll watchers. And they testified that they were kicked out at about 10 p.m., right? Or a little bit earlier than that, actually. They were told, hey, we're done counting. Now, remember, the woman who did this is the same woman who pulled out the ballots from under the table. So in the late evening, the Republicans are sent home. Everybody's told, hey, we're not counting anymore. And if you're not counting, there's no reason to be there as a poll watcher. So they leave. They clear out anybody who would give an objective eye to any nefarious activity. And they go about their business. What looks to be, you get on the video. So you take this testimony and you see everybody was kicked out. It backs what they testified to. It backs their affidavits, the Republican poll watchers. Then these women go about their business, and it does look like for a while that they're cleaning up, right? That they're done for the day. They're, you know, taking care of things. And it's odd. You're sitting there thinking, well, I know other states were counting well into the night, into the early morning, but I guess they just wanted to stop. And this lady, she had blonde hair, black woman. So obviously her hair was done a certain way, has a bleach or whatever's done to change hair colors. And she's seen in videos weeks prior on her own Facebook Lives now. Her name is Ruby Freeman. She's out there. It's known. And she has different color hair. So this was, you know, her blonde week, whatever. And, and it's very identifiable because she's wearing a different outfit earlier in the day. So it helps you kind of track her movements. And that's important. And I'll tell you in a second why. But let's focus on this. So everybody clears out. They're cleaning up. All of a sudden, when everyone's gone, and I'm including here the media. So there's this media table. And you can see it in one of the camera views. There's four views. You probably saw this. The media was there after the Republican poll watchers left, after all the poll watchers left. When the media clears out, that's when these women jump into action. I think it's about 10.30, 10.40. This is when the blonde woman, the African-American blonde woman, goes under the table. You can't see anything because it's obstructed by these tablecloths. All of a sudden, she pulls out ballot boxes. Big boxes, they say, each of them contain thousands of ballots, potentially, and they start counting again. It's amazing. It's right there. You watch them. They're, they fire up the machines and they start running ballots. You can't really see in, in detail what exactly else they might be doing to these Dominion system machines. Of course, they're Dominion. But this is the kicker. So they're caught red-handed red doing something they are not supposed to be doing. Okay, They're not supposed to be counting without observers. So right there, we know these are women, these are people that don't care about the rules. That's not debatable. No one, no one can say, you can't say that, you have no proof. No, that is proof. They can't do that. Even if they are the most legal absentee ballots, and that's where this area was accounting center for, absentee and military absentee ballots. So even if these were perfectly legal ballots, they legally cannot run them, tabulate them, count them without observers. So they're breaking the rules, right? Sorry, you already lost all credibility in any court of law now. So now when we accuse you of cheating your ass off, what are we going to believe? Oh, you're not lying now? Oh, you didn't break that law? Because why would you not count and tabulate and run those ballots in front of observers if there's nothing wrong with them? That is a fair question. We're at a point where we know things went bad. We know bad things were done. We have a right to ask uncomfortable questions, right? We have a right to put these people in a corner and get answers. And dare I say, make them feel uncomfortable. Bruise them up a little bit verbally. They need to be interrogated. This is a crime. And if this woman 
was directed by somebody else, somebody superior to her to do this, then I want that boss, right? Because this is mafia business. I don't want just the capos, the local management type criminals. We want the top dogs. Who helped her get those ballots? Because right now they're combing through the video. They've confirmed by that same stream of video that earlier in the day, the same woman that shadily pulled these ballots from outside, from out under the covered table, that same woman's the person who placed the table there. And she places it very specifically next to and up against a Dominion voting system, a tabulation machine, right? So this thing gives a lot of cover. What they're looking for now, and they really had not enough time to find it, they've got to go through the entire day starting at like 7 a.m., 8 a.m. when the table was brought in. They're trying to find who brought that ballot box, those ballot boxes in, because that's going to be on the video, right? They weren't there when she set up that table and intentions, very with a lot of intent, placed that table there. So they're totally busted. I mean, this is this is the, the red-handed type of evidence you need. Now, this is Georgia. What did it do in Georgia? Well, Brian Kemp had to authorize a signature recount, right? So they're going to look at signature matching, right, when they audit. It's not forensic. No one's going into the Dominion systems yet, but I know they're going to push for that now too, right? We've kind of, we've got the leak in the dam. Kemp, after that video, had no choice but to throw a complete wrench in their certification in Georgia. That's fantastic. That's good news. What this also does, because it aligns with vote spikes across all of these contested states. Already, when this video came out, you've got a timestamp on it, right? You've got between about 10.30 p.m. and 1 a.m., when these votes were being tabulated, run constantly, unobserved, unsupervised, illegally processed votes. Well, guess what happens at that same time in the tabulation and voting vote count share? Massive spike for Joe Biden. It lines right up. Guess where else there are massive spikes for Joe Biden at the odd early hours in the morning when voting centers were supposedly closed? Michigan, Wisconsin, all the contested states have the same spike. I think it's a reasonable assumption that a similar activity occurred. Do we have video? Probably not. Somebody screwed up here. The only reason we have this video is that someone screwed up. I can tell you right now, that woman and her team of late night cheating ass vote tabulating elves did not think that that video was running did not think that the security, who they know well, who are part of this, that know something's going on, the people that are there 24-7 at State Farm Center, there's no way an arrangement wasn't made to make sure that that video was not going to exist. Somebody screwed up. And when you cheat on a massive level, when you get carried away across multiple states, somebody's going to screw up. We needed this to happen. We needed somebody to trip. Because asses were covered. They, they, they factored this in. They know there are a few things that would be an instant burn. And catching your ass cheating on video is one of the worst ways to do it, right? And if we had a better criminal investigation going right now, if we had more DOJ and FBI involvement, people like Ruby Friedman would have the screws being put to them right now, and they'd be singing like a songbird, right? Regardless of her hair color, this lady would break in an instant. I watched her Facebook videos where she's talking about counting ballots and doing her thing. This is not somebody that would hold up more than 10 seconds when the suits walk into the closed room. Okay, I can tell you that right now. 
She's going to say, what can I do for you, sir, ma'am? That's happening the moment they close the door and they show her the video. Well, she's seen it. Ruby's on blast. And I have a question for Ruby and all these nefarious asshats who did this, who thought they could get away with it. Where are your attorneys? Where is all the racist accusations? We know you want to do that. We know that's par for the course when anyone is caught and accused of something like this on the Democrat left-wing radical side. So if you didn't do anything wrong, if, if I'm wrong, if we're reading this wrong, if this was somehow appropriate or legal, everybody, we know we'd be hearing from Al Sharpton and a team of ACLU or NAACP funded attorneys in front of a podium, Ruby Freeman and her family would be there and they'd be looking to get paid. And rightfully so, if they didn't do anything wrong, if she didn't do anything wrong, it's been pretty quiet, right? It's only going to be another few hours before 24 hours went by of that video being aired to the world. Ruby Freeman was getting calls from people, all right, because that name is out there now and it's obviously it's her right? It's her room. It's the room she supervised all day. Her daughter was there. So they were on blast quick yesterday. And if they wanted to take action and fight this, it would be easy for them. People have been trying desperately on the left to debunk the video. It's ridiculous um, level of attempt to debunk it. It's desperate. And we want them desperate. We want them freaking out. And this is what I think caused the, the true freak out. There's panic now. And it doesn't just include Georgia, right? Because this shows that it could have happened and likely happened in every battleground state. This will embolden the Arizona state legislature. Guys like Fictum, who have already gone on the record saying they need to take action. They have similar spikes in Arizona. They've got all kinds of fraud. This will embolden legislature, um, legislative members in Michigan who have already shown their disdain, who have a battle ahead of themselves with a lot of fraud, with vote spikes in Detroit. Wisconsin's the same way. We haven't heard from the Republicans there. We've got a court case and, you know, we need to win it. It looks like if the legislature's not going to do anything. Pennsylvania, they're going to the Supreme Court. I am sure every justice on the Supreme Court saw that video, right? You cannot now say that there isn't a legal problem that needs to be remedied in a massive way. Those days are gone, okay? And so with Georgia now being in play big time, let's talk about the Pennsylvania Supreme Court case. Alito is pressing for a decision. That is known. Okay, when it will be argued, if it will be argued, how it will be argued, I don't know. There's no news on that right now. It's 8.50 a.m. Pacific time. But Alito is pushing this, right? He's already been involved. It's in his jurisdiction. He wants to hear this case. He knows a decision's being made, and apparently he's on the record saying it's got to be made by December 9th. That's only six days away. So if they're going to hear arguments, that's going to be next week. That's going to be massive. This Georgia video evidence and all of the evidence that's built up in the last few days from the other states will certainly help the Supreme Court feel some pressure, right? This is this is massive. And so we've got, you know, you know, the state legislature there is trying to get into session. Doug Mastriano, right? They want to pass a resolution also taking control of the electoral votes. I don't see it happen. Like Georgia, Pennsylvania, per their constitution at this point, now that the, the legislative session is closed, their governor, hardcore leftist guy named Tom Wolf, has to call an emergency session. I don't see there's any way he does it. I don't see, I don't think these guys care about any video evidence anywhere, any evidence at all, any pressure. They want to defeat Trump so bad. Their own attorney general in Pennsylvania said days before the election, 
that when the votes are counted, Joe Biden will win. I mean, they put it out there. They weren't going to let this go for Trump this time. Last time in 2016, it was a screw up. That wasn't supposed to happen. They were set up to fix it the same way they did now. They just didn't prepare in time. Now they had the paper ballots to back up any potential algorithmic dominion system cheating, right? They had the paper. They were ready. It doesn't take a lot of people in a few of these big, massive urban centers to get thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of votes entered in, mixed in, fixed in any way they can. And they did it. We've seen the spikes. We know they did. We've heard from the witnesses. I don't think Tom Wolf cares. So how do we win Pennsylvania? It's got to be in the court. So it's a good thing that that's the first one on the table in front of the Supreme Court right now. And that's, of course, the Mark Kelly and Sean Parnell um, uh, lawsuit that uh, was briefly passed on by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And when I say passed on, I mean, they didn't they didn't rule in their favor. And they went with that weak latches. You didn't you took too long argument, even though the judge before it was brought to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said they have a case on the merits and that they're going to win constitutionally. So we've got some hope there. And I like our chances if it's argued and brought to the Supreme Court. It's a massive remedy if they do, because this one takes out essentially all mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania saying they're unconstitutional based on a law and article they passed last year. Uh, the Wisconsin Supreme Court didn't do what we'd hope they do, which is rule on the merits of the case in Wisconsin of those 150,000 ballots challenged in the audit. What they did is they said they have to go through the lower courts. It was a 5-4 ruling on um, a motion from the defense, from the Democrats, from Governor Evers. These guys, again, they're using all this procedural stuff. And we're going to talk about that in regard to Nevada because it's a good example of what's going on everywhere. But in Wisconsin, they said, no, you've got to go through the lower courts. It was a 5-4 decision. Or I'm sorry, 4-3. They have seven justices, as I've read. Three conservative, three liberal, and one John Roberts-like judge who swings both ways uh, and says, you know, no, nope, I'm going with the libs on this one and said, you got to go through procedurally through the lower courts. And one of the um, dissenting opinions from one of the conservative justices really berates their court um, and having and, and said they're going to have an indelible stain on their record, the Wisconsin Supreme Court, because they chose not to take this case right away in an emergency situation and rule on it. And to pawn it off on a lower court saying before you can come to us, go to them is rather pathetic. Uh, they will take it to the lower courts. This ruling from the Wisconsin Supreme Court is not on the merits right, of the case. It's on procedural stuff. And so the same thing um, was attempted yesterday in Nevada. And you actually could watch and can find tape of that legal proceeding. You know, it's not as exciting as something in the movies. It's just the two teams of lawyers. The Democrats were actually via Zoom, which never helps. The Republican was there in Nevada, and you know they were contesting over 40,000 ballots, duplicate ballots, illegal ballots, people that weren't in the state, all kinds of fraud listed out. And the judge was fair, asking tough questions of the you know, the plaintiff, our team, because that's what you do. Because they were literally asking for the judge to get involved and assign the legislature to give you know remedy of the electoral votes of Nevada to go to Donald Trump. That's a massive ask. I tuned in and out all day listening to that hearing. I was not sure what the judge was going to do. He was very fair. He seems like a very reasonable man. He's you know he's in his twilight of his career. Uh, looks like the actor who plays the warden in the Green Mile. Phenomenal actor. I meant to look up his name. Forgot. He's also in that uh, pig movie where he trains a pig 
and um, to to basically be a shep a shepherd dog. I remember a sheep, you know, sheep herding dog, which is a hilarious film called Babe. There you go. The the farmer and Babe, same actor, great guy. Um, this judge looked just like him. I mean, there's no way. I was blown. It was driving me nuts. I loved it though. Same kind of demeanor too. Well, at the end of the day, he did what he was supposed to do. He didn't rule in anyone's favor yet, but he made one key judgment, if I can use that term. He said, today at 10 a.m. Pacific, he wants to see arguments in writing of the evidence, everything broken down that was presented in court today and, of course, or yesterday, and from the defense, from the Democrats, arguing against it, right? He wants to really look at the evidence. He says, this is very serious, and you look at this, and he made a clear um, order to the de- to the defense. And the def- defense all day had been going after procedural, frankly, nonsense, saying all of this evidence can't be presented because there were deadlines and things that were missed by the Republicans. It's not admissible. And the Republican lawyer was saying, hey, this took time. We're still getting evidence. And we met these measures as best we can. It wasn't like overnight. It didn't start on November 4th. So it was a, a really weak and attempt by the defense to get all of this evidence thrown out. The judge wasn't hearing it. He told them, the defense, he wants them to focus on the merits, not any timing, delay, procedural things that he wants them. He's, so this, this judge said the evidence is admissible for him to review. That's fantastic. That all goes down today uh, in about an hour. That hearing starts in Nevada. So that's a big one. Um, and, and we're still waiting on legal proceedings in Arizona I mean, the fight's going on across multiple states. The media really is coming around, should I say, or, or at least reacting in their own way, especially more of the mainstream fake news types to this Georgia video. That's really the focus to watch today, Friday, how that video ripple effects across these other contested states because they weren't supposed to get caught. That wasn't supposed to be any part of any evidence ever presented, and they really... They really uh, got burned. Um, and, and just a shout out and, and prayers and support to all of these whistleblowers coming forward and identifying themselves, the truck drivers, the poll watchers. You've got people that have been physically attacked. One is in the ICU. Others have had their tires slashed. You know, the blonde woman with the glasses in Michigan had to move, is having, was having a hard time getting any kind of work now. She's been ostracized and... You know, all while you hear the pathetic fake news talking heads still use terms like baseless or without evidence. It's a really disgusting indication of what we've already known about these people. And when you can, go to Project Veritas and listen to CNN and the scumbags that work there. And in their own words, in the last two months, James O'Keefe has recordings. They infiltrated their internal morning conference call where... A CEO is pressuring journalists on what to cover and what not to cover and how to cover Trump and Republicans. It's really a violation of how newspapers and news stations and any news organization is supposed to work. The owners, the board members, the CEO are never to be involved in what's covered. That is, I think it's a written contractual agreement in how these uh, companies are, are run and owned, but it's certainly a long-standing unwritten agreement and code on how a newspaper and a news station is run. And they clearly aren't a news station in any way, shape, or form at CNN. They haven't been for decades. 
really since after. I mean, it, they've just been a left-wing operative mouthpiece for years. And of course, with Donald Trump triggering them to the max, they went even further left and became more obnoxious and just stopped even trying to hide it. It's a 24-7 hour opinion talk show. And so now we've got Zook, the CEO. He's Jeff Zook, total goofball, embarrassing himself day after day, along with his somewhat racist, now we're hearing, um, reporters and producers. Take a listen. It's quite something. And it's really trucking CNN and making it real hard for AT&T to sell them, which they're trying to do. They even tried to pawn them off on Jeff Bezos of Amazon, who bailed out the Washington Post a few years ago. Don't know if you knew that. And of course, they thought, well, maybe he'd truck some of his billions over here and we can pawn, we meaning, AT- we meaning AT&T, we can pawn CNN off him. He's not having it. CNN's a dumpster fire. And, and he rejected it. They were having a hard time selling CNN before these tapes came out. Imagine what their what their price did, how much they lost value now that we're hearing how really um, sad they are and how they're not a news organization. It's already a poorly least trusted name in news, and this uh, certainly isn't going to help. Uh, I'll keep watching things today. There will be some, uh, I imagine we'll get some more indications about the Pennsylvania SCOTUS case. Well, I think we're going to get some kind of ruling from the judge in Nevada today. He seemed like, and he said he wants to move timely, and I almost forgot here in my notes, he said at the end of the session yesterday, he wants to rule on this because of the seriousness of the accusations and any potential need to take the case to the Supreme Court. So good for him, right? He wants to move quickly because he knows time is of the essence. That's a good indication, but he's a fair guy. I don't think he's, if he doesn't believe the evidence, he's not going to rule in the plaintiff's favor in any way, shape, or form, meaning our team. So we will see. Have a great day. Uh, We will talk to you soon, and God bless.